black thing go from left to right, and I thought, I'm going to die out here. No one's ever going to know. I couldn't believe what my eyeballs were showing me. I'll never forget how evil the eyes were. It was horrible. I mean, I've never seen nothing that evil. It ran towards me at at a rate that I, I I can't even explain. Turned and stared at me, and this look of I just want to kill you. I want to say it was human, but it wasn't. He was he was he was yelling at me to grab a gun, grab a gun. I was like, for what? He said, just grab a gun. And there's footprints all the way to the door of my house. It had went inside my garage, all the way to the door. 911, what are you reporting? Jesus Christ, you better... Sheriff, Hello? Get somebody out here. What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot nine. I don't know. Do you see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him. Uh-oh. You're listening to Sasquatch Chronicles. Check us out online at sasquatchchronicles.com. If you've had an encounter, email me. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. Got a great show planned for you tonight. Uh, We are all over the United States tonight. We're going to be talking to Brian over in the Yore National Forest there on the East Coast. And he'll be sharing an encounter he had uh, last year. Uh, He decided to take a friend of his out in the forest one last time to go camping uh, before she lost her eyesight. And the night turned into a nightmare. And then I'll be talking to Josh. And Josh comes to us from Minnesota And he actually has two encounters he wants to share tonight. I know originally Josh didn't really want to come on the show because in his second encounter, uh, he said, you know, the the face just looked very human-like. Didn't remind him of Patty at all. And he sent me a picture of of what was close to what he saw. And so if you get a chance, go to SasquatchChronicles.com and check that picture out. Then we'll wrap up with Bonnie from East Texas. And Bonnie had a terrifying night. Her car broke down. And she was stalked all the way out of the forest. You'll have to listen to this encounter for sure. Um, I know Bonnie's kind of out there in the middle of nowhere out in the country. And she's had a lot of strange things happen around her property too as well. Uh, So we'll definitely have a fascinating night tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Remember, if you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, shoot me an email. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. And if you get a chance, check out SasquatchChronicles.com. You can become a member, get additional shows. Reminder to everyone out there, I'm not on YouTube. So if you're listening to this on YouTube, it's pirated. I'm not on YouTube. So uh, please go to SasquatchChronicles.com to check out the shows. Let's jump into it tonight. I want to welcome Brian to the show. Brian, thanks for coming on. Sure, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on too as well and uh, you guys definitely had a hell of a night. Uh, if you would, I, <laughs> I know it was in the Uari uh, National Forest. If you would, would you kind of yes, tell us, kind of start from the very beginning and, and walk us into what happened? Sure, sure. Um, I, this was about a year ago. Um, I had a, a, I have a good friend of mine who is losing her eyesight, and she didn't know how much longer she was going to be able to see, so she wanted me to take her camping. Um, she's legally blind. She does have a CNI dog. So I got her and her dog and we headed down to Uori 
and we drove all the way to the back where the road runs into the actually runs into the river below the dam and there's a field there and i i thought it'd be a nice and easy place for us to camp because you can just basically just drive right into the field and stop and you can camp right there at your vehicle so she wouldn't have to do a lot of walking or anything and uh it was winter time it was it was cold and uh we spent friday night there no problems uh drove around all day saturday and just goofed off and uh, you know completely normal camping trip nothing out of the ordinary and saturday night uh probably about nine o'clock i had dozed off and she i i had a fire in between our tents and she woke me up she was kind of whispering at first and she told me she heard footsteps coming down the hill uh in the woods directly behind us and i honestly thought it was just her imagination because you could hear coyotes off in the distance you know it was real dark it was a spooky place and she wasn't used to being out there so i told her not to worry about it she was just nuts and I went back to sleep. Well, a little while later, she woke me up. Probably 30 minutes later, she woke me up, and and she was genuinely scared. I could tell she was serious, and I hadn't heard the footsteps, but I knew I knew she wasn't just imagining it. So I got my 40 caliber Smith & Wesson pistol, slipped my boots on, and got out of my tent, and I walked over to the door of her tent and was listening for these footsteps, and all of a sudden, this sound came out of the woods um, probably no more than 30 feet in front of me, but it was still in the tree line. And it started out like almost like a coyote and then kind of went into a roar and a, like a whoop sound like you hear, like I've heard gorillas on TV is the closest thing I can associate it to. And I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I couldn't believe how loud it was. And I remember looking down at her and she looked up at me just with terror on her face. And her seeing eye dog was on the floor of her tent with his paws over his head. Like he was completely freaked out. And which she later told me they're trained not to do that. They don't bark. They don't whine. They don't freak out like that. And just instinct, I immediately fired two shots at it. It was directly to my 12 o'clock. I fired two rounds at the sound. The se as soon as the second round went off, right to my nine o'clock on the other side of my Jeep, there was a second one. It gave out that same exact sound, just as loud. Um, and I like, I guess we were just in, sh I couldn't believe what my ears were hearing. Um, so I told her, get to the Jeep. And I ran around the back of the Jeep and fired at that second sound. And then by that time she had gotten to the Jeep, I got her in and I tried to walk around the Jeep and look, I was, all I had was a, a tiny little headlamp. I didn't have any kind of spotlight or anything. And what, whatever these things were, they stayed in the trees and my little, little headlamp wouldn't penetrate to where I could get a look at them. And by this point, she was so hysterical. Uh, we just, we just had to get out of there. So I jumped in a Jeep and we drove out. We drove to the nearest little town and kind of, well, we went to the Waffle House and sat and tried to digest what had just happened. Uh, and I was still kind of thinking that maybe it was people trying to scare campers off to steal their gear or something, or maybe just people messing with us. But 
there was a lot that the the sounds were so loud. I don't think a man could have made them. And we both later on talked about it. We we actually heard them take a breath before they made that sound, like you do when you yell. You kind of take a deep breath and then yell. We both heard it and it sounded louder than what a human could do. So we ended up going back to the the regular campground and just sat there until the sun came up. She refused to go back and. and till the sun was up. So the sun started coming up and I drive us back through the forest and I was totally expecting the gear to be gone. I had a camping stove and all kinds of stuff. Um, we got back and nothing had been touched. She was so freaked out. She wouldn't get out of the Jeep at all. So I had to pack everything up and put everything in the Jeep. And then I walked off into the, where both those sounds came from could not find any tracks, couldn't find any disturbed earth. And this was wintertime. It was 19 degrees that night. There was no one. We hadn't seen anyone the whole weekend. And the chances that somebody would have just happened to be creeping through the woods and be where we were is pretty slim. It just baffled me to this day. I never got a visual. I didn't see it, but I was close and I heard it. And I'm still puzzled why when I, fired at the one, the other one immediately yelled out. You'd think it would have just laid there and hidden and avoided being shot at, but uh, I guess, I don't know, whoever, whatever it was, wasn't scared of being shot at, I suppose. Yeah, and I think it's fascinating, too, the how they react, and uh, you and I were talking earlier, and I was telling you about uh, being on the Browns property, and I'll tell the yeah. story real quick. We were up in a tree stand, and we had this FLIR, and I had the FLIR. Jonathan had an AR-15. I think Woody had a AR-15 or AK, AK-47. I don't remember. It was, there were John's guns. but And we would saw this figure out in the middle of this pasture. And it, it was one moment where I realized, I mean, I knew these things were smart, but this was a little bit more than just animal smart. Um, we get down out of these, this, um, tree stand, start walking towards this thing. And it looked like a huge man just standing out in the middle of the pasture. I mean, it was lit right up on the FLIR and I had the guys look at it and I'm like, am I seeing things? I mean, this looks like a big guy out there. And I knew what kind of knew what it was and they knew what it was. And so we started walking towards it. Then I, I was telling the guys, if this thing makes a move towards us, if it does anything, light it up, just light it up. And and I felt comfortable enough, you know, Jonathan knows how to shoot, Woody knows how to shoot, and they both basically have semi-automatic rifles. Um, and as we're walking towards this thing, I swear off to the on our on our left side, something screamed at us. I mean, it was very powerful, very powerful scream. We all turned and looked that way like a bunch of idiots, and I couldn't see anything in the flare. I could not pick up any heat signature, but we all heard this thing scream at us. And it sounded like it was only, you know, 50, 60 feet away. It was pretty close. And then when we went back to the original one we were going after, uh, it was gone. It was no longer in the field. And so it made me stop. When he told me this story, it made me think of that encounter to where it's almost like, stop shooting, I'm over here, shoot over here, and give my buddy time to to get out of here is that was that kind of your impression uh no I, i'm no i think i don't know i don't know it's it's uh the thing about it is uh this happened it was during the winter so the the ground was i mean this is some deep thick forest where we were the ground was covered with leaves so i 
if that was the case, I surely would have heard that first one running off. There's no way you could have moved through there silently. I, I really don't know. And, and both of them were so close that, I mean, we're talking within 30, 40 feet. By making any sound, you stood a good chance of getting shot, you know. Um, I even thought about uh, her and I through the night when we were talking about it. They were so close. I wondered if I had hit one or the other. And I was wondering, you know, what are we going to find when we go back in the morning? Is there going to be somebody laying there dead? Is there going to be blood? What? But there was. I looked around. I couldn't find any blood at all. So I didn't hit whatever, whoever it was. Yeah, I guess maybe it was a distraction. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, no, and and your impression's better than mine because I wasn't I wasn't there. But uh, that's what it made me think of. The one that was over by the right. jeep. Did you ever hear it run off? Not at all. No. That was another thing that was so puzzling. It was it was actually closer because I had run over to my Jeep because she was headed toward the Jeep. It was over the, on the passenger side in the woods. So I sent her to get in on the – she got in on the driver's side. And when I ran over there shooting, I wanted to make sure that it didn't get, get out of the woods and get her. So – but. When I was actually firing, I was at the back of my Jeep. And, I mean, I'm talking less than 20 feet from where the sound came from. But I couldn't see it, man. It's pitch black out there at night. And with that tiny headlamp, and I was just out of the tree line in the open, and it was just in the tree line. I couldn't get eyes on it. And I tried. Believe me, I tried. Yeah, it really makes me wonder why they would come down, you know, and, and if it was what the intention was. To come down and just check yeah, things out. Both. Yeah, yeah. How's your friend recovering from this? Uh, not well. She's never been back out. Uh, has no desire. She actually moved closer in to a big city. Um, does not camp at all. Does not do anything in the outdoors at all. And will not talk about it. She hasn't spoken to anybody but me about it. Yeah, and I think like you and I were saying earlier, you know, if it would have been a person screwing with you, Guy takes out a gun, starts shooting. The first thing you're going to do is say, you know, please don't shoot, don't shoot me, don't shoot me, you know, because you're in fear. Right. Of, yeah. And nothing like that happened. Not at all. There was no, uh, the first one, it made that sound toward us, fired two rounds at that. Then the second one made the sound. I ran to the Jeep, fired a couple more rounds at that. After that, there was no more sound. The only thing you could hear was her screaming. And I, I got nothing after that. There was no leaves crunching, no nothing. Um, whatever it was, it stayed right there. I mean, it didn't run off. It didn't, there's no way, as close as we were, there's no way it moved where I wouldn't have heard it. No way. And how long did she hear the footsteps before you decided to get up and really check things out? How long was it walking around? Uh, she said it was a good, it was a good bit because, when she just and again i never heard the footsteps only she did um but she said it sounded like she definitely said she heard two sets of them they were coming down the hill and she said they were very slow and deliberate like it was somebody sneaking up on them she said it was like you would lift your foot up and then you put your foot down on the ground real easily so as not to make a noise and then she would hear the next one like little bits of like crunching pebbles, but it, she said it was really, really faint. And that's what she said really scared her because she would tell 
that they were sneaking. They weren't just walking down there. It was somebody trying to get close to us without us knowing it. And can you describe, was it a scream or a roar? What what kind of vocalization did you hear from the first one? And then what did you, what did, how would you describe the second one too as well? They were both, both sounds were exactly the same. And it started out like a coyote, kind of a woo, like that. And then it went into like this roar and this sound. I'm not good with making sounds, but it sounded it like started out like a coyote and ended like a silverback gorilla is what it sounded like. And I've been in the outdoors my whole life. I have never, I know all the animals. I know how they act. I know how they sound. I know how they smell. I have never experienced anything like this. And it was loud. I mean, loud, loud. Yeah, what was your feelings about Sasquatch prior to this encounter? Honestly, I never paid a bit of attention. Uh, I've been hunting since I was five years old, and I honestly thought it was a bunch of people just looking for attention or misidentification. You know, I'm not a Bigfoot hunter. I'm not a UFO hunter. I've never, I come from an Army family. I'm a practical guy. If I can't see it or I can't shoot it, then it doesn't, pretty much doesn't exist to me. But once this happened, I mean, I, I just, I'm baffled. I'm just absolutely baffled. It is kind of one of those things to where, you know, it, it must be misidentification. It must be this or that until it happens to right. you. And then all of a sudden it's, maybe it's not misidentification. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you go back the next day and you don't, nothing's been touched. Nothing's been taken. Nope. Um, do, nope. did you look for tracks? Did you kind of look around the area? Yeah, I did. I did. I tried, I, I walked a, a few steps into the tree line where the sounds came from and I looked around and I didn't see anything, but I didn't get to look like I wanted to because she was still really, uh, she wanted out of there, put it that way. She did not want to sit there in that Jeep while I wandered around in the woods after what had happened. So I kind of, I did look, but no, I didn't see any track. And, I, and I'm really good with tracking. I didn't see any tracks or, or anything disturbed. But like I said, I didn't get to look like I wanted to because I kind of had to get her out of there at that point. Yeah, and a lot of times you'll see, like there's been FLIR video you can watch on YouTube where uh, they crawl in on their bellies. So it almost makes me wonder oh, if, they, okay. if they walked in and then as they got closer, they kind of dropped down um, to their bellies. So when you fired, you were shooting above their head. So they just, there was no reason to run off. Yeah, that very well could be that very well could be. And, and something else I remember, um, when that first one made the call, it it seemed, I don't, uh, it's hard to describe. It sounded like it was really high off the ground when it did it. But the other one seemed like it came kind of low toward the ground when it did it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that does. And you'll see them do that in videos. Or, and I've had witnesses say that, where they will walk in and then drop down to their bellies and crawl in. Um, I wonder if okay. they, I almost wonder if they were just checking, you know, what's going on down here. It's 19 degrees. What are these two guys doing, you know, these two people doing down here? Or if it was more, yeah. we get we got meals down here, we got to get. But, you know, the, the fact right. that you yeah. shot and then... The other one screamed, and then did it just go quiet after that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, 
after the second volley of shots, uh, she was in the Jeep at that point, And I try, I was on the passenger side looking directly into the, the trees where that sound came from. And like I said, I would, I would have been real close to it at that point, but there was nothing. I was waiting to see a movement or to hear anything so I could shoot it. But that I probably only stayed there maybe two or three seconds because she was literally hysterical at that point. And we, I just, I had to get her out of there. I, I couldn't. Yeah. How long? There was just nothing else I could do at that point. Yeah. Sometimes it's best to leave an area like that, especially if you are, you know, you're already up in arms. You got your gun in hand. You're ready to slaughter something. The thing with these things, yeah. man, is you, you sometimes you get wrapped up into those fights, and those aren't the fights you want to get into, especially as you witnessed. There was one that screamed at you, and then the one you didn't see was off to your side flanking you. And it's weird because they come mm-hmm. in like the military. I mean, I know you served. It's They, they come in like military guys. The way they approach camps, it, the way they, it, you know. It very much, yeah. It, it, in a lot of ways, it was like that. And uh, it, it just, uh, I'm still to this day just baffled. I'm just baffled by it. I really, my biggest regret of the whole thing was A, that I didn't kill one, and B, that I didn't get to see it, that I couldn't lay eyes on it. Have you thought about going back to that area? Uh, I actually did go back. Um, she obviously refused. Um, I went back the very next, that happened on a Saturday. I went back seven days later on the next Saturday. Um, this time I took a rifle with me, and, uh, went and poked around, man, but I, I, I didn't see anything, no tracks, no nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. I spent the whole day hiking all around that area and I didn't, I didn't see anything. Yeah. And that Urari sure is notorious for sightings and for encounters and i mean that whole area right through there is just notorious for it um i wanted to ask you what do you think sasquatch is brian what what's your honest opinion you know i uh until that happened to me i never i never gave it a second thought and honestly didn't think it could be real um i don't like i said i'm a real practical guy i i guess as some sort of an animal I'm really not sure, really not sure. My guess would be, though, I mean, one of the things her and I talked about, like we heard it take that breath before it yelled at me. Um, You know, that means it breathes. If it breathes, it bleeds and it can it it can be killed. So I would I would lean towards some sort of animal, some sort of missing link thing. I'm not sure, man. I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. Well, you know, the other thing, too, uh, you and I were talking about earlier is the the power of it coming out. How would you describe that to someone who's never heard that before? Because, you know, when you hear gorilla or something, we've all heard gorillas, but um, this is kind of a different level, I think. Yeah, it was the uh, a different level of, say, being at home and watching a program about a gorilla and hearing it on your TV or being right in front of one at the zoo when it yells out. It was that big of a contrast. I mean, it was that was the thing that we talked about was I don't see how a man could have made that. A man could have made that sound, but not that loud. I mean, it hit the sound hit me in the chest like I was at a rock and roll concert. I mean, it was loud. And I have hearing damage, and it was loud to me. Yeah, it's a great encounter. I mean, it's uh, it's a terrifying encounter. Thank God you had that gun on you. 
Yeah, well, that's, you know, I'd never go anywhere without one, especially, you know, in the wilderness. You just, you know, there's bears or, you know, whatever you could run in, whoever you could run into out there. And, and I, you know, I, I used to, when I'd backpack and stuff, I'd carry a pistol, but I carry more than that now after this habit. Yeah, I don't blame you. Well, you'll have to keep me up to date and let me know if uh, you end up going back out there and if anything else happens. I certainly will. I still go down there I, uh, just because of lifestyle reasons. I don't get to go as often as, as I used to, but I still go and I do a lot of kayaking there when I can in the summertime, but I've never had anything happen since then. And I've gone out there by myself and stayed since then and, and nothing, nothing at all, man. Well, the weird part about, you know, encounters like this, and I've heard many encounters when you talk about the weather, you're talking about 19 degrees. Most of your major yeah. predators aren't out and about. You know, a gorilla is not going to survive that. Most of your bears in hibernation. Right. Most of your predators, right. if it's that cold, they're hunkered down, trying to keep warm, mm -hmm. um, and they're not generally out and about. Um, and then for these things right. to just be strolling through – you know, 19. And it, it's strange because you hear that a lot, Brian. I mean, here in Washington State, I mean, there's encounters to where um, there was a deep freeze we had a couple of years back where it was just an ice storm. Mm -hmm. And there had been a light dusting of snow. And you see these huge footprints of this thing stepping out of the woods, going across the road, and then back up into the woods. And they looked very human like, just on a very large scale. And it really makes yeah. you wonder why, how those things don't get affected by that type of temperature. You know what I mean? Right, right. And you know, obviously, no barefoot human is out there just walking around. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And you know, like Andre the Giant. I mean, <laughs> it was like Andre the yeah, Giant type yeah. prince. And, uh, you know, my dog wouldn't even well, be that, out Yeah, that, that was a thing that got me about it, too, with it being – and I, I, I prefer – when I do my hiking and stuff, and obviously hunting is mostly in the wintertime, but I enjoy the wintertime. I, I'll go out in the snow and, and stay on top of the mountain for two, three days by myself. I enjoy that stuff. Most people don't. And we got there on a Friday afternoon and did not see a soul. And why would Because I tried to rationalize it in my head as well as people messing with us or people wanting to scare us off to steal our camping gear. But who in their right mind is going to be out there in the pitch black dark like that, in those temperatures, looking to mess with people, you know, and, and most of the people you see down there are armed. I mean, I'd say 90, 90% of the people you see have a gun on their hip, even when you're just at the store down there. It would be incredibly foolish for people to have gone out there and did what they did. That I, I just, it, I can't. I, I just don't think that's possible. It doesn't. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't really. Doesn't no, make not sense. at all. And, and then that sound, man, it, it just, I don't, it, it sounded like it had lungs like an elephant. I mean, it was just, it was stunning. It really was. It's like you're, you know, like I said, I'm a practical guy. If I can't see it or touch it, it ain't real. But there you are, and this is happening. And I can't, you know, I, I couldn't believe what my ears were hearing. And what was happening, buddy? I mean, it happened, man, you know? Well, be careful out there. You know, if you decide to go back out there, definitely be careful because it is a hot area. I get a lot of reports uh, from the National Forest. So uh, definitely be careful while you're out there. And oh, I always am. Yeah. No, I know you are.
Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Hey, I appreciate you giving me the time, man. I've held this in and only her and I have talked about it amongst each other. And, uh, you know, the more I listen to this stuff and the more I've researched it and the, the other people that have these, you know, doctors, lawyers, policemen, whatever, you know, it, this, this stuff is really out there and it's really happening, you know, and, uh, uh, I wish we could figure it out, man. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Well, it's like I said, you know, if 99% of everyone's lying and one person's telling the truth, then it's real, you know. and Right. And, so, and you've got thousands and thousands of sightings all over the world. So 1%, that's still a lot of sightings. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, thank you again for your time. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Next up from Minnesota, I want to welcome Josh to the show. Josh, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks. Yeah, thanks for being here, Josh. And I know you had two encounters. One was when you were 12, 13 years old, and another one when you were 19, 18, 19 years old. Did they both take place in Minnesota? Uh, yes, they did. Okay. Well, if you would, would you kind of walk us into the first encounter? Kind of tell us what you were out doing and just kind of walk us into it. Yeah, um, we were at my cabin. It was, uh, it's a family cabin. We all used to go up to when we were younger and, uh, we were out by the fire and everything. And it was, uh, me and my cousin and a couple uncles and grandma and mom and dad. Um, they had all gone in for the night and me and my cousin were like, cool. All the parents went to bed and everything. So we, uh, actually started chasing around fireflies around the front yard and we had followed some fireflies into the tree line right by the cabin there and we had a big snarl come at us and kind of guttural kind of just and uh i kind of backed up and looked and i just kind of saw the silhouette of uh i call him sasquatch but um the closest I could say how it looked would be, uh, I don't know if it was your emblem for Sasquatch Chronicles or if some fan made it or whatever, but it's just kind of a silhouette of your average Sasquatch, I guess. And we both took off running after that. And I kind of ran around the cabin and he ran to the front door right away. And I looped around the cabin and came back to the driveway. My cousin wasn't there. So I just kind of called his name and, he wasn't answering, so I was starting to freak out and cry. And, uh, then uh, he finally answered me after a couple times, and I walked back into the cabin with him, and uh, I asked him, what was that? And he said, oh, I think it was the neighbor's dog. And I was thinking to myself, well, the neighbor's dog isn't seven, eight feet high. He's not going to be standing up leaning against the tree looking at us. So. Uh, kind of never mentioned anything about that to him after that that was the first encounter so you you guys walked up how close were you to this thing uh i would say maybe 10 feet oh wow really close yeah had you had experiences on the property prior to this 
that you know of, I guess? Uh, no. No, not that I know of. And the creature never came towards you? It just was standing by the tree kind of snarling at you, and then you guys took off, and obviously it stayed? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm guessing it stayed because I didn't hear it, like, run off or anything like that, but... Yeah, and it, and it wasn't mainly just kind of an outline is what you're saying. You you're ta- mentioned my logo. Yeah, it was just kind of the the moonlit was kind of lit it up, but it, you could just see the silhouette. You couldn't see any, like, facial features or body features or anything. You could just kind of see the mask standing there. Yeah, well, that usually that does it. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you see something yeah. like that, especially you yeah. realize that's that's not a man. You know, it's it's too big. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you tell anyone about exactly. this? Thing? Yeah, did you tell anyone about this um, encounter? No, I actually kept that one to myself because I had no idea what was going on at the time. I was so young, and yeah, I can imagine. And you were with your cousin, you said. Yeah, I was with my cousin. Gotcha. And as you guys have gotten older, have you guys ever talked about it again or talked about that night? Uh, no, I, I actually told him about because I was with him during both encounters. I told him about the second encounter, but I never brought up the first one to him just because he always gives me crap and stuff about the second one. So I just never brought up the first one. I got gotcha. you. Well, tell us about the, the second encounter. Now, you were, what, 18, 18 19 years old? When the second one happened? Yeah, yeah, something like the 18, 19, somewhere in there. And that one, we were out duck hunting, actually, or jumping potholes. Um, this place, uh, there's a lot of old dirt roads back there that you can hunt. So, mixture of private land and uh, federal, or not private, uh, public land, federal land, and it butts up right next to the Chippewa National Forest. Um, the uh, Indian Reservation up there, the uh, Leech Lake Indian Reservation. But uh, <clears throat> we're down an old growth trail that there's another trail that branches off from that. And uh, way down, probably a mile, a little over a mile, there's a few uh, beaver ponds back there. They're usually loaded with ducks and worth the walk. So we walk down and uh, where we come up on one of the ponds, it's uh, you're walking through thick forest and then you come right up to a beaver dam. And uh, sometimes there's uh, ducks sitting right there. So it's a good spot to pop out at. uh, If there's no ducks there, we usually take turns walking around the pond to see if there's anything. Because I guess the pond would look kind of like a clover in a way, it has a few little bays in it. So you take turns walking around the whole thing because there might be ducks sitting back there. And usually go slow and take your time so you don't spook them up. And uh, this was my turn going out there. And unfortunately, of course, there was no one able to see me at the point where I came in contact with this. And uh, I was rounding one of the little bays, I guess you'd call it, and going around to come up on the next one. And I saw ripples in the water. <clears throat> and uh, so I kind of crouched down to sneak up to the tall grass to get right up on top of them. And well, I saw <clears throat> ripples, so I sneak up to the ripples, and I'm not seeing the ducks. So I uh, slowly 
stand up to see where they're at, and then I seen this thing sitting uh, right on the shoreline on the other side of the little bay, which was probably, I don't know, maybe 20 to 30 yards away. And what did you see? Um, I, I guess the best way I could describe it was I had the body like, uh, I don't want to compare it to a movie, but, uh, kind of had the body like a Harry and the Henderson's body, but, uh, the fur or the hair on it, it was, it was longer, kind of not as long as an orangutan, but it hung down a few inches. And then, um, the color of it, I would say it was kind of almost a light brown tan color, like a brown bear almost. And, uh, it kind of got surprised. We kind of surprised each other at the same time. And of course I froze up and adrenaline started kicking in right then. And it kind of just had a startled look on its face. Like, Oh, then it just kind of stared there for a second. It was crouched down. It wasn't on its knees or anything. It was, his knees are kind of pointed towards me and it kind of, it looked at me and then it looked in like behind it to where it was wanting to run and just kind of looked back and forth a couple times. And then it took off on all fours through the grass and I could, it was super fast and there's no way it was a bear. And I, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't a bear and, I could see it kind of run through the grass, but it was still down on all fours. So I could just see the tall grass separating and then it just disappeared. And I, uh, kind of came back from being in, I don't know, shock or adrenaline rush. And I just did the rest of the pond walking around. Of course I didn't see any ducks or anything, but when I got back to, uh, my cousin, my friend who was there, um, I guess they said that I was just white as a ghost and they asked what happened. And I just, I didn't say anything at first. And then they just kept bugging me on what was wrong with me and stuff. And then finally I told them and then, uh, they didn't believe me or whatever. They just kind of, Oh, you saw a bear, you saw a bear. And no, it wasn't a bear. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, how far away from you was this creature? I want to say maybe 20, anywhere between 20 and 30 yards from me. And I'd probably say more 20 because I could see it pretty good. If you would, can you describe, were you able to see the face? Um, I was. I, I The only thing that I can compare it to is I found this picture on Google and that's kind of what I don't know brought this all back to me again and everything and it was just I don't know I was googling Minnesota pictures of Sasquatch and it just like when I came upon it it kind of shocked me I was like wow that's really close but um, it looked like it looked more human but I could tell it had like animal instincts and then it was, I don't know, the eyes, it kind of looked like an older guy, an older white man maybe, but it had 
lots of wrinkles under its eyes and had a kind of human nose, but it wasn't human at the same time. And its mouth was wider than the humans would be. And I got a lot of like, I kind of brought it up on the fan page and I got a lot of ridicule. Oh, that's too human and stuff. And it's just like, I don't know what to tell you. This is what I saw, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, and I think a lot of times when people run into these things, um, you know, everyone's thinking they're going to see the Patterson-Gimlin creature. And I would say most of the time that's not what people see. Sometimes it is, but not mm-hmm. always. Um, I have talked to a lot of witnesses that have seen this thing, and they'll say it looked human. I mean, it looked like um, – sometimes people will say Native American because of the high cheekbones and some of their features – and I mean that respectfully, but kind of the same type of features. And they'll say it looked very human, except for it wasn't a human. Yeah. And it took off on all fours, huh? Yeah, it, it took off on all fours. Yeah. Did that? Did it affect you after that? I mean, did you go hunting anymore after that, or did it affect you in any oh, way? Oh, yeah. No, my, my family's all about hunting and stuff. I mean, <clears throat> this particular spot, when we came back to it, I sometimes I'd refuse, well, for the first few times I refused to go back down there and I just sat in the truck and they gave me shit the whole time or whatever, but I didn't care. (laughs) I didn't want to go back there. And then eventually, I mean, it took a while, but I'd say six, seven years before I finally went back down there. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, don't get too wrapped up with people. You know what I mean? They, right. uh, a lot of these guys. They, yeah, I'm at the po- I'm at the point now where I do I don't even care what they think anymore. And it's like I know what I saw. I'm sorry you didn't see it, and I'm sure you'd be the same boat if you saw it and I didn't. But yeah, if you ever get a chance, did you ever see or did you ever hear Mike Woolley's encounter um, where he was up in a tree stand and there was two of them, and then he pointed his yeah, right. You hear him in the intro talking. He says the eyes were rural yep. evil. If you look at the drawing mm-hmm. that he did for what he saw, it looks very human in the face, not in the body, yeah. in the face. It looks very much like a human. Um, and it's a little disturbing to, to look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what do you think Sasquatch is? What's your honest opinion? Uh, I really don't know what it is. I mean... For my encounter, I want to say it had a lot of animal instincts in it, but it looked human. So I'm going to have to say Sasquatch would probably just be its own. I think it's just its own thing. I don't know if, I don't think it's a mixture of human and ape or anything like that. I just think it's its own thing. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think that you're probably closer to what they actually are. Cause I, I tend to agree. I think they're their own thing. Um, it is odd though. You know, you talk to a lot of people and you hear very human like behaviors, but most of the time you hear yeah. very animalistic type behaviors. And it, it, I find it fascinating when you talk to people because you will find an array of descriptions as far as what people are seeing out there. I mean, everything. And I had a hard time with it too. You know, when people would say, well, it looked very human like, I was like, I don't know about that. But the more people I've talked to, the more I've come to realize, yeah, that there there must be a type out there that is very human-like. 
Um, I've talked to so many witnesses now that um, they'll say, yeah, it, you know, cross between a human and a and an ape. And that's basically what I saw. It's very odd. It's very strange. It's definitely strange. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, congratulations on your uh, upcoming marriage. And uh, Oh, I, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I wish you the best on it, man. I wish you the best. And I know you're getting married in June. I hope you guys have a great, great wedding, great reception, and uh, a lifelong marriage. Thank you. And I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. My final guest tonight comes to us from East Texas. I want to welcome Bonnie to the show. Bonnie, thank you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. I know your encounter, Bonnie, I really wanted to have you on the show because I think a lot of people have this type of encounter where they don't quite see what's going on. And it's just a very odd, strange situation. I've talked to many hunters uh, that can recount almost your encounter word for word when they're out hunting. Uh, the same type of behavior. If you would, would you kind of start from the beginning and walk us into your encounter? Sure. Um, I was driving on the highway, going to a town near me one night last October. It was right before dark, about eight-ish, I guess. And the car I was driving broke down and quit running. So I pulled over to the side of the highway, and I thought I was only a couple miles down the road from my house. Um, but I was mistaken. So I thought, well, I'll walk back to the house because it didn't have a cell phone on me, and I'll use the house phone and I'll call for help with the car. So I started walking. I guess I walked for a, about an hour or so, and I'd only gone a couple miles, and I started hearing, like, voices sort of off in the distance in the woods. And I was up on the highway, and it was kind of hard to hear because, you know, you got it's a 70-mile-an-hour highway, and traffic was zooming by, so it was kind of loud. But I could hear, you know, somebody in the woods, I didn't know who, just sort of off in the distance. And you couldn't make out what they were saying. And instantly I thought of Bigfoot chatter, and I thought, well, that's not Bigfoot chatter. That's just somebody in the woods because I was trying not to, you know, get freaked out because by now it was dark. I wasn't sure how far I was away from the house, and I was walking. I was tired, getting a little frustrated, you know. So I kept walking and kept walking, and when I would come to a bridge, I would stop and rest on the railing of the bridge, and then I would keep walking. Then I started hearing more unusual sounds, like I I heard wood cracking or crackling, and I thought, well, gee, that sounds like a fire when wood crackles and a fire, you know, but it would have to be like a super giant fire because it was really, really loud. And I thought, why are, why are no people coming out of their house looking? This is a loud sound. But here in East Texas, you know, people really stay in their houses. They mind their business. They really don't investigate things, I guess, Yeah. if they're anything like me. So I just thought, just keep walking, by. Just keep walking. You're going to get home eventually. Just keep walking. And I was really, really, you know, beat myself up over not having a cell phone on me because that was really stupid. So I kept walking and I'm going uphill 
and I'm getting really tired. And then I start to hear like something like pacing me in the woods. And the woods were, thank goodness, kind of far away from the highway, but I could still hear it. And I'm like, why am I still hearing it? The woods are way down there, kind of down the hill. Why am I still hearing something walking when I walk in the woods, like kind of behind me to my left? It wouldn't stop. Like I would stop and it would stop and I would go and it would go and it really started to, you know, freak me out. So I thought, well, I don't have any alternative here. I can't go back to the car where I kind of walked too far. I'm really tired. I just need to get home. And I thought I was, like I said, I thought it was closer to home than I was. Um, it turns out I was about six miles away from my house. I didn't realize that. So I just keep walking and I just keep walking. As I walk, I'm still hearing these sounds and it's really, really starting to frighten me. And I start thinking, you know, if, if it is a Bigfoot, I'm up on a highway, the traffic is sporadic, I could get snatched, nobody would know. It would just be a vacant car on the highway and a missing person. And that started to really, you know, mess with my head. And I got really, really, really scared. And then I kind of, you know, berated myself in my mind and said, no, you can't let yourself get freaked out. This is your situation. You have to deal with it. Just keep walking. Eventually you will get home. And I just kept walking and kept getting more and more freaked out. And I got really tired, and so I stopped on a bridge, and I was resting, and I, this smell, this awful, awful, I would say dog, but, like, it would have to be the dirtiest, stinkiest. He must have rolled a three kinds of crap. I mean, it was just really bad smell, kind of like rotten meat, you know, but dog. And, like, right under the bridge, and it was kind of a tallish bridge, but, like, there was no no noises coming from under the bridge. Like there was no dog under the bridge. There was a little creek that ran under the bridge and even the water was still and quiet. Like you could hear that the water wasn't moving or anything like that. But the smell was just awful. And I really started to get freaked out. And I really, by this point, I was just so scared that I just didn't, I mean, I just almost sort of had a mental breakdown as to, you know, you know, God, you got to get me out of the situation because I, I really feel like something could happen. And if it did, I don't have a defense. I don't have a gun on me. I don't have a cell phone. I'm nowhere near the car. I'm nowhere near my house. Uh, no one is stopping. If I held up my thumb, no one's going to stop. This is a, a highway where people are speeding past at 70 miles an hour plus. And so I just started praying because I just got so scared that I just started praying and I said, God, the next, it's got the next car. You have to, you have to, I've been on the road for two hours. This thing, whatever it is, is following me. Something's following me. I don't know what it is, but you know, something is, and it's scaring me. And and the next car has to stop and help me because I'm just going to lose it. I'm just going to mentally lose it. And the next car didn't stop. And so I was just, on the verge of crying, and then the car after that stopped. And it was a police officer, and he said, do you belong to the car that's two miles up the road? And I said, is it a little red car? And he said, yes. And I said, yeah, that's my car. He said, well, my partner is at the car. I need to take you back to the car. And I thought, oh, gosh, that's why did I walk two miles if I'm just going to go back to the car? So he said, I need to take you back to the car. 
so that we can pull it more off the road than what it is, and you need to make arrangements to have it towed. Um, and so we did, and he took me back to the car, and as soon as he got out of the car and took my key to his partner, I just I just lost it. I just broke down and started crying. I just totally lost it. He came back to the car. I straightened up. He took me back home. He took me all the way to my front door, and I just came home, and I just was totally freaked out. And I was like, what just happened? I mean, did anything happen? Was it all in my head? You know, what just happened? And that's scary. You know, it's um, I've heard a lot of hunters in that position uh, where they are. It's not so much escorting you out, but it's stalking you out. Yeah, um, that, that's what I felt like. I knew that it, if it wanted to get closer, it could. And that's what I was afraid of happening next. And when I got really, really, really scared was when, right before I sat down on the bridge, it, it got quiet. Like everything got quiet. Like, it stopped pacing me, the crackling noise stopped, and at one point right before that, I had heard, like, a tree, like, being completely slammed into the ground, like, slammed into the ground, and I was so in shock that no one came out of their house, because there are houses along the highway, no one came out of their house to look to see what the noise was, nothing, but, and it was loud, it was really loud, like, it didn't sound like it fell. It sounded like it was slammed and like it broke apart as soon as it hit the ground kind of thing. That's what really started me getting super freaked out because what slams a tree into the ground? A bear doesn't do that. A dog doesn't do that. You know, whatever I was smelling, it might smell like dog, but a dog doesn't slam a tree into the ground. Really makes you wonder. Or go ahead, Bonnie. Yeah, it, it, it really did make me wonder. And in that situation, at that moment, not a good time to wonder. No, no, that's not the time you want to figure things out. <laughs> You're just trying to get out with your life uh, at that point. Exactly right. And we had had, here at the house, me and my teenage kids had had other experiences that already had me wondering, you know, what's out here in these woods? Because we've only lived out here about three years. And it's just unusual experiences that you can't explain away, but you just tell yourself, until I see something, I'm not going to think it's anything you know, those kind of experiences. So, Yeah, no, I hear you. And, and it's interesting, too, in East Texas, I kind of noticed that, too. We were in one area where there was a few homes around, but, I mean, it, they were, it, well, when I say homes, I mean, like, farms, basically. And you would hear these things come out and start screaming in the middle of the night. And then... This morning, when I woke up this morning, at 8.10 in the morning, I heard howling off in the distance, off in the far distance. It's not the first time I've heard it. It's too loud to be a coyote. There are coyotes out here, quite a few. But it's too loud to be a coyote. It's either somebody's really big dog that's really upset, or it's just something howling off in the distance. don't know what it is. Yeah, and I, and I noticed that out there, too, when I was in that area, because you would hear whoops, you would hear screams, you would hear roars, you would yeah. hear uh, monkey sounds. And what was interesting is there's a, in this one area not far from where we were at, because I could see it, the farm light. There was a farm home, and you'd hear that guy come out 2 o'clock in the morning start firing off a shotgun. And I was thinking, God, I hope he's shooting in the air and not in this direction because we were in the direction yeah. of the sound. But a lot of people, they just kind of look the other way. You know, I've talked to a lot of people in East Texas, Both and they'll people say— look the other way. And the guy that lives behind me has a weekend 
um, house behind me on a lot of acres. And he'll come out sometimes on a Thursday night or a Friday night and shoot off lots and lots of guns. He used to. And that's not a big deal here in East Texas. Everybody has a gun. Everybody shoots it off here, out here in the country. But he hasn't done it in a while, a long while. And I've noticed that when he has long gaps in between times that he does it is when more unusual things will happen. You know, like my the door of my shade getting totally ripped off. And it's, it's sitting on the ground right now. It just got ripped off its hinges, just ripped off. And what door is that, Bonnie? And I don't know why it got ripped off. I did not hear. No, no. What what thing. door? You said the door got ripped. What door got ripped off? The, the door to my shed. I have a shed sitting in my front yard, about fifty feet from my porch. And I was sitting in my house one day, and it was a really windy day. So you know, maybe it was the wind. But it's got the kind of hinge that goes all the way down the door. It's not just a hinge here and a hinge there. It's it's all, goes all the way down. My nephew pulled up the next day um, because this is his property, and he said, "Hey, buddy, you know what pulled the door off the shed?" And I said, "What are you talking about?" He said, "Look, the door is laying on the ground, and the door to the shed was totally ripped off the hinge, like it's on the ground. There's a very large pine tree right next to the shed." And ever since I've lived here, um, there is a branch in the pine tree that's about, I don't know, 15 feet up. And it's a heavy, big, thick branch, but it's um, it's bent down on the end, like it's broken down on the end. And my sister told me that the lady that used to live here, something would get up on the branch and jump down and get her chickens and eat her chickens. And the branch is still broken. I, you can look at the pine tree. It's big, big old heavy. I don't know what it would take to break that branch. But it's it's not broken off to where it's dead, but it's broken to where the view from where you sit at the crook of the branch is completely accessible. You know what I'm saying? Like something was yeah. moving the branch out of the way. And that kind of stuff happens out here all the time, all the time. I tend to agree. I think more goes on in East Texas than most people say. And people are kind of funny down yeah. there. They don't really tell you. I went into a gas. I th- I've told this story oh, no. before. Yeah, you don't talk about it down here. That's <laughs> not a good thing. Yeah, I went into when I told my story, um, you know, I got smirked and just totally not believed. So I don't, I just don't tell it. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing it here. That is terrifying to have something chase you like that. You know, it's. Um, oh, yeah, great. Yeah. And then I, I get I get like knocks on the house and things. Um, like my I was sleeping one night and my daughter woke me up. Mom, something just knocked on the window eight feet up. I don't know what to say to that. I can't. We look outside. There's nothing out there. We we live out in the country, but we have neighbors. But why would my neighbor be knocking on my window eight feet up? And we did have a prowler when we first moved out here, but. Um, I mean, was it? But we don't. We still, to this day, don't know what it actually was or who it actually was, you know. And I'm I'm sitting in my living room the other day, and I hear a tree crash. I hear a tree completely crash. It sounded like it was coming through the neighbor's roof. It was so loud. Just sitting in my living room, and I'm hearing this. I look out, nothing. The wood line in my backyard, nothing. Nothing in the front yard, nothing. But yet, when the door gets ripped off my shed, I don't hear a thing. So odd. It is odd. 
definitely sounds like you have them out there. That's their type of behavior. And I, I don't know. I'd have to see the shed, but I, you know, I, I don't know. It takes a lot of wind to blow. A, if you're talking about the, the, it would, it would have had to be a pretty, pretty strong wind. Um, to knock it off. But yeah. it could, I mean, it could have been the wind. There was this really large tree. Like out here, you find trees tucked into crooks of other trees a lot. And in the front yard, I had one that was a, a really large tree that I guess had been tucked into the crook of this other tree for years because it had rotted off at its original point, and it wouldn't fall because it was tucked into the crook of another tree. And the same day that the door got ripped off the shed, that tree was down on the ground. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear the door come off. I just didn't hear it, which is odd to me because it's 100 feet away from me, you know, sitting in the middle of my living room, and I didn't hear it. Yeah, it seems like you would have heard it. Yeah, that's strange. That's very strange. Seemed like I would have, but, and and was it when? I, I don't know. And that's what made me, this whole time since this happened in October with the pacing event, it kind of made me question whether I should even share my story because is it even the story or is it just all in my head, you know? You know, I'm glad you shared it. I really am glad you shared it because uh, I think a lot of people feel that way. I've I've talked to hunters before um, who had this type of encounter to where they're out hunting, something starts stalking them and or, you know, they'll hear mumbling or they'll hear just creepy stuff. Then they'll go to leave and all of a sudden they're being followed out. They can't quite see what's following them out. When they stop, it stops. Yeah. And they'll talk about the smell. And then a lot of times those guys don't want to come on the show because they're like, well, I didn't see anything. But this is just weird. I don't know what else, what other animal would do this. It wasn't a person. Right. Um, and it, I don't have an you answer. Know when you're being, I mean, you know when you're being followed. Right. When you walk and it walks, you stop and it stops. You know when you're being followed. And, and so, but still, you, you doubt yourself, you know. You're like, okay, it's all in my head. I'm not going to freak out kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I think to a certain point. I mean, I can understand being out on a lonely highway. Your car breaks down, and you're already kind of a little nervous. But generally in those situations, you know, you don't smell things. You don't, you know, you might hear something, and it scares you, and you might be parent. But you don't. When I when I stop, it stopped. You don't have that sort of thing, you know. Sometimes when you get in those right. fearful that's, situations, that's you're not a bear, right? That's not a dog, right? It's either a person, which I had heard voices already anyway. So maybe it's just some young guys messing with me, you know. Potentially could be okay. I'm willing to believe that. But then when you hear the tree crash, I mean crash to the ground, a group of young boys can't make a sound that loud with a tree. You know, they would take a saw, and I did not hear a saw. No, and I think the other thing, too, if it would have been a person, they would have caught up with you, you know, and I probably wouldn't be talking yeah. to you. Um, but these things yeah, tend to... Yeah, you could tell they weren't trying to catch up with me, that they were keeping a certain distance behind whomever it was, I don't know, keeping a certain distance behind. And and because I would take several rest breaks, and as I would stop, they would stop, and then maybe they wouldn't pick up right away, but then they would pick right back up eventually and pace me again. And I thought, this this feels like being paced. Because I listen to your podcast. I listen to, I watch other Bigfoot videos and things. I watch things on YouTube because I'm an armchair, you know, Sasquatch watcher, whatever. But, and so that's what I thought. I thought, nope, this is my imagination. This is me making it into more than it is. 
you know, because I grew up in Louisiana, we grew up hearing Bigfoot stories a lot, you know, and people would always say, you know, that, that person's crazy or they're overly imaginative or whatever, you know. Well, like I said, you know, it's you can say, hey, I was afraid of the dark and I was this or I was that. But there's specific things a lot of people mention um, in that situation to where you're like, that's not an animal. Right. And I don't think you're being paced by a human, you know, because right. eventually I'll catch up with you. And if it was a predatory animal, it would have caught up with you. I know you guys don't have a ton of. Because, I mean, we have mountain lions out here. We've had mountain lions out right. here before. Um, you know, they, they come and they go. And and you know if it's a mountain lion, there's certain things that you, I mean, you're not going to smell that dog smell, first of all, or if you do, it's a really big mountain lion. And so they behave differently. You know, they don't stop when you stop, that kind of thing. It, it just was weird. And then to see the bear sign, my neighbor, you know, the next neighbor up has the sign saying, if you see a bear, do not shoot the bear, call the I see a bear hotline, and it's got the 800 number. And... I've I've never known bears to be here. Maybe they are. I don't know. But I've never known bears to be in East Texas. So why the sign? And then my fence, not too far from the sign, my fence is pushed down, and the rebar post, the rebar fence post, is like bent nearly in half, which is weird. It's just another weird thing. Yeah, it is. Well, do this for me. Keep your eyes and your ears open out there, will you? Let me know if anything else happens. Sure. And I sure appreciate you coming on and, and sharing it. That's creepy. I, I I wouldn't want to trade places with you breaking down out there. Um, and you hear no, of Sasquatches. I mean, I've an ambulance. I had yeah. an ambulance driver on one time, and they were attacked. They broke down, and they were attacked. Uh, the ambulance was yeah, attacked. Yeah, I just heard the podcast you did about the bull's head being ripped off down in Florida. And I was, wow. Like, if if, if an animal like that could do that. But I have, I've never seen one. I've never, I've never, you know, felt immediately threatened other than that night. I've never, I've had things left on my porch. I've had a deer skull left on my porch. I've had jawbones of donkeys. A neighbor out here used to have donkeys, and I've had two jawbones of donkeys. I have a giant tooth on my porch right now. Don't know where the tooth came from. Don't know what it's from. Don't know if it's my dog dragging this stuff up but he never touches it but I, I have those kind of things all the time yeah definitely sounds like I don't know room. if they would be considered gifts <laughs> I don't know yeah which is a, a whole nother strange topic in itself but um, it is yeah I don't mess with it I leave it alone like I started trying to throw the deer head away at first because it's just a little creepy and every time I would throw it away it would come back onto the porch very strange very, very strange. I, I just quit throw I quit throwing it away, you know, and it finally disappeared. So yeah, just weird. Well keep me up to date, will you let me know if, if anything else happens out there? Sure. And I really appreciate you coming on, Bonnie. Thank you so much for being here. Alright, well thanks for having me. And that's it for tonight, everyone. Remember, if you've had an encounter, shoot me an email. My email address is Wes at SasquatchChronicles.com. Please check out SasquatchChronicles.com for additional shows. Until next time, everyone.